Okay, welcome everybody to Front and Nationwide. This is our live room podcast. It's one o'clock on Thursday, December. Where are we at here? December 8th. Um, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I need to be a little Dr. Jennifer Melfi today because this might be therapy for a lot of people. I hope, I hope you feel comfortable. Um in this in this uh, setting, I think there's a lot of people with a lot of things to say. Certainly, a lot of people um, not in great moods after last night. Uh, Sabers nine to four. It was six nothing in the first period. It was three nothing before the Blue Jackets had so much as a shot on on goal. Um, you know, you got to be careful because there there have been many many long nights in nationwide arena as as many of you longtime blue jackets fans will know um but i do believe this one this one was about as as pathetic an effort as we've seen um just not just not an nhl standard anywhere near it uh by the home team and um these games you know everybody eats one now and then typically You'd prefer them to be on the road if you've got to go through it. Um, but a, a really worrisome night, I think, for for a lot of different reasons in Nationwide. Um, no injuries. They got out of it clean. Uh, Line A and Nyquist both have a couple of goals. But just not – this one leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I think we got to be careful too, because I think there's a lot of people who have resigned this season to being about the draft next summer's draft already. Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, um, the uh, the lottery, and, and such. Um, so if if you're going that route, there's going to be long nights. Like that's what it looks like. If you're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, you're going to have results, um, lots of losses, but you can't ever accept what, what you saw last night. So I think a good question right now is, you know, what changes come out of, of what happened last night? Um, Blue Jackets president, Mike Priest, president on the business side, was down around the, the uh, dressing room, moreover by the coaches after the game last night, not typically um, his area after a game. Um, so you wonder if something's afoot there, but um, and and Yarmo Kekalainen and John Davidson are in meetings this morning. Meetings that uh, I don't think were scheduled until last night or after last night. So there's lots we can we can discuss here. Uh, Brad Larson certainly deserves to be critiqued. The players certainly deserve to be critiqued. Yarmo Kekalainen, uh, no one no one should be spared in a situation. Uh, such as this. Um, another good question is, will it all be worth it if the Blue Jackets do land a Connor Bedard or an Adam Fantilli or some of the other great centers that are available in the uh, draft this year? Um, also wanted to get your thoughts on the Blue Jackets moving their New Year's Eve game from a 7 p.m. start. You can imagine lots of people planned their New Year's Eve around that game. First to the game, then probably to dinner reservations afterward, and then the team changed the uh, puck drop to one o'clock in the afternoon so that they're not conflicting with Ohio State football. And I, I, I get the sense from some people, but I'd like to hear from you. If um, I don't think that's set particularly well with some people, um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on that as well. You can either step up to the stage here. We've got a couple in queue already. Or you can send us a, a question, um, just text it along, and, and we'll try to get to as many as we can. Uh, we'll go for about 45 minutes here. Um, yeah, I, I think we can also talk about this. Like, this, so much has been banked on the Blue Jackets' defense, their young defense, and how that's going to change dramatically in the future. Canada this week announced its invitations for World Junior Camp. So this isn't the... The final roster, this is the World Junior Camp. And I think the Blue Jackets were hoping to see Matichuk and Kuhlemans there. In fact, neither of them 
made it. I think Kuhlman's maybe the, a slightly bigger surprise because he's 19 years old, uh, sophomore at Wisconsin. Um, Matichuk can play again next year in the World Junior. Uh, maybe, you know, Delbel Belouz was expected to get a look. It's a little different, to, harder to make this team as among the forwards. That, it's, that group is stocked, but I think so much put into the Blue Jackets' defense, that's kind of a surprise to see them get the snub like that. So we can talk about all of this and more. Uh, let's go to the queue and we'll grab, let's go to Steve B. To what Steve B has to see. How you doing? Doing pretty good yourself. Hey, hanging in there, man. Thanks for hey, thanks That's for a good thing. Um, I wouldn't mind uh, really tanking this year because a number one center is something we've needed for years and uh, Barrar would be just be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, losses are one thing. Do you differentiate between uh, taking your lumps and getting the number one or being in the lottery? Let me ask you this first. Do you differentiate between just losing and what happened last night? Can you tolerate what happened last night too many more times? No, I don't want what happened last. I mean, if this team can remain competitive in games, I'll be happy. Yeah. I mean, just don't get embarrassed like you did last night. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's here's something else to consider. I should look this up. It's either twenty three point five percent or twenty five point five percent. That's what the team with the worst overall record. That's the percentage they have. The percentage chance they have to get the number one pick. It's not a slam dunk. Now I don't think if you finish with the worst record, you can pick any lower than three. And this is a really good draft, but one word of caution about the lottery is there's no way to assure yourself Connor Bedard. So keep that in mind as the as the losses pile up. There's a lot of good there's a lot of good centers coming up in this draft though. So yep. yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, top three would be I'd be happy with that. I got you. All right, Steve. Well, thanks for thanks for weighing in. I think there's a lot of people that probably Thank you. let's go to Paul. B. Paul, you with us? Hello, Paul. There we go, Paul. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Um, good. I'm good. That was that was something last night. <laughs> something. Not quite yeah. sure what to make of it, but I was excited to see the uh, the post game pressers and hear what the guys had to say. Yeah. What'd and, you think? Uh, two things struck that I was. Two things stuck out to me. Yeah. One was Gabranson's comment about the practice. Like he went yeah. out of his way to say, we haven't been practicing well. And I don't know if that's an indictment on the players, the coaching, or a little bit of both, yeah. but it's something you don't usually hear. And that's a yeah. bit concerning. And then, boy, I'd love that. Larson just seems too nice of a guy. The fact that he said we've done some good things, not yeah. necessarily referring to last night's game, but I wanted to see him pissed. Yeah. Like, I think Torch would have burned the place down. Oh, God. Yeah. I, yeah, it would have been a brief It would have been a brief press conference. A hundred percent. And he's – God, I don't know that he's got that – I don't know if he's got that a-hole in him to demand from these guys. Yeah, I think you, I think it's only fair to question if the level of accountability is what it needs to be. I don't think that's, that's not out of place. Um, I'll say this about the practicing thing. The only time, the only other time I've heard a player voice that unprompted was uh, Vinny Prospel under Scott Arneal when he went out of his way to to say that they didn't he didn't think the team practiced hard enough or long enough or well enough to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was right. And I think in, for a veteran player to say something like that, I don't think they go public with that until it's unless it's something that's been burning with them for a while have, uh, have you guys really, been seeing things at practices when you guys are there is i mean what's what do you make I, of it i mean you know it, it nothing i'll say this there's sometimes the pace of class of practice doesn't look particularly high and i think a, a team that's in this uh place you would expect a, more drills to be blown dead and more sort of uh get your attention comments from from the coach i haven't seen a ton of those um i don't want to say they go through the motions because that's not fair either but i know 
Ken Hitchcock always had a thing that he wanted the guys to know what the drills were going to be before they took the ice. And when they got on the ice, it was go, go, go. And this yeah. team has long meetings over by the, the whiteboard during practice um, that I don't think Tortorella would have, would have done either. They were more much more interested in in, all, in adding the, the wrinkle of pace and, and, and skating to the practice, not just the drills. So, but, you know, it's easy to say, too, after, after a player makes a comment like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, you, you thought things couldn't get, like, morale around the team couldn't have gotten much lower than it was after the, what is it, the Finland trip. But yeah. it feels like we might have hit a new low. Well, last night was, to me, for sure, the, the low of this. I don't know if it's the will ultimately be the low of the season, but the low at this to this point of the season, there's no question. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like you said, if it, I guess some good can come out of it uh, with, you know, a high draft spot. But yeah, is there a yin and a yang to this? Because Bernard's incredible. Don't get me wrong, but he's also <laughs> very tiny. Well, he's five ten. He's not that. That tiny. He's is not that not? Ti- is that not okay? That's not too overly small for that, NHL. I mean, that's football tiny, but that's not hockey tiny. That's, okay. That's, that's not big, certainly, but it's not. You know, it's not worrisome. Worrisome. Okay. Small. Yeah, I mean, he is an extraordinary. You know, I've not seen him play live. I'm not a scout, anyways. But when you hear people who are talk about him, it's it's otherworldly. It's it's um it's immediate difference maker. And same with Adam Fantilli, who, by the way, is six one. I think a good sized kid is going to be a number. Well, they're both number one centers almost immediately. So nice Sounds little return. Good. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks for weighing in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's go to Sean. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good today. How are you doing today, Aaron? Good, man. Good, Good, thanks. Good, thanks. So, yeah, last night, um, as I said in the comments when we were starting out, like we've, I've been a Blue Jackets fan since day one, going back to, you know, to the chill when the Uh chill were here. So I I understand losing. I'm also a Vikings fan, a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. I understand losing. Yeah. There's a difference between losing and what was on the ice last night. And that's That's where you were just talking about uh, Yarmo and JD are in meetings this morning. I think you have to be. And I think Larson's kind of got to be on the line here. It's there's a difference between not having the talent or the experience on the ice and not having the heart or the will to go out and compete. And that's what happened last night. And I've never really watched. I can remember years where I knew going into the season, we were going to have a losing record. You know, when we had uh, uh, Atkinson and uh, I'm losing names, the, the little Matt kid and, we knew we were going to get our butts kicked most of the year, but our guys yeah, were going to fight off. You know, those those two three years after the Nash trade, especially, but they fought. There's no fight in this team, even in games where they're winning. There, I just don't see that same compete level that I'm used to seeing out of a Blue Jackets team, and and that's a problem, and that's a problem for the fan base. Yeah, so and, so so I guess I guess at this point I've got two main concerns of the coach and that is something that either there's a higher level of ability needed or something needs to be put in place that assures that the team is more ready to play in the we're not last night. And I honestly don't think that's been a major problem, but it was a major problem when such that it can't be bad. And the other thing is the future, the future of this, of this organization, organization Cole Sillinger, Johnson, Johnson, is Chinakov. Dave Christensen, even on the, the, the are, are, I think management has to have a really, really uh, hardcore, hardcore talk, talk about, about are these, are these guys, guys regressing? regressing? 
because are they reversing beer here in the uh, it's uh, less it's about winning this season and more about setting itself up for the future. future. And if that's, and if not, that's not in place, Coastal is not, not, not progressing progress, certainly. Would, 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 would an, a learned NHL, NHL, NHL mind look at him and say that he's regressing? What's going wrong there? And does that need to stop immediately? Because that's an important player to this team. I think Kent Johnson is pretty good. Uh, in uh, very, 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 very nice, nice time. Nice time. Um, uh, so I'm not so worried about, about that. that one. Still in just situation, situation is and, and, and I think that's I not think that's that's thinking. thinking. Now, now, beyond the window, it's A, a competitive Are we developing the young players for the future? Right. And see, I was one of those fans that I understood what we were looking at. The Grado signing, it looked great. It enthused us. As far as the team we were going to field on the ice in this year, it didn't really change much. Looking at our prospects, it was always about next year and the year after. Yeah. yeah. But you have to wonder now, those players that we're counting on for next year and the year after, are they? Are we seeing them correctly? Are they really going to bloom that way? And are the ones that are already up here going to be hurt by what's going on in the big club right now? Will they be better served than they could be down in Cleveland? Where even when we're calling him up, Cleveland still keeps chugging along. He yeah. should be yeah. involved in, in, you know, go chase a, uh, an AHL championship maybe this year. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised. Um, uh, sooner rather than later. I think it's something that's not going to happen. Because, because, again, again, yeah. it's the everything. everything. It, you know, what you do you with Mike Christ and Gavrikov, those are important, important as well. As well. Um, but you're talking but about, you're guys, talking about guys that are going to be the focus one for the next, the next 10, 15, 15 years. Year. If they're not right. being developed, they're not being wasted. You know, more you can more you can That's the thing. That's the thing. You can't have these seasons spent in vain. You've got to be real about it and be selfish about it. Get out. Get out. Of this process. There's a lot of young players. Not just, not just try to win as many games when you're this part. Of the I agree. And, you know, and wherever you end up, if you can end up in the top three and end up with one of those top sellers, whether it be Bedard, Fantilli, I think Dumas is the real deal, and he'll be up here in a year or two. Like, I see the offensive skill, but you can't you can't retard it. And this is a club that has a history of, of drafting top talent that could have got there and then not developing right or even ruining. It's all there, man. It's all there, man. It's all there. Sean, thanks thanks for the call. You as well. Thank you. Donald, Donald B. Go ahead, Donald. Hello, Donald. Oh, there you go. Is that better? Hey, man. How are you? Good, good. So, goaltending. Why do we not have Tarasov back up here? I mean, with Tarasov in, I mean, he beat the Panthers. Yes. He be he almost beat the Knights. Yep. I mean, yep. he has a better goals against than the sure. two goaltenders that we have here in Columbus. So let me ask you: so, We just had had a discussion about some of the young forwards and and doing what's right by them development wise. I think that may be what you're seeing with Tarasov. Uh, very young goaltender still. I don't think anymore in the organization cannot say this, of course. I don't think their goal right now is to win every possible game at the NHL level. And I think they're concerned about developing him uh, absolutely the correct way, which is uh, regular games in the AHL. That, frankly, is why David Juracek is still in the American Hockey League, too. I think they've reached a point there where they're not too keen on burning the first year of his entry-level deal just to play with this group, if you know what I'm saying. Um, So stay there, get regular play, uh, work out whatever kinks you have. I think this, I think I don't really have a problem with them keeping Tarasov in the AHL. If their goal right now is to win every possible game in the NHL, sure, get them up here and, and, but you know, what do you do? Do you send? Do you keep three goalies, or do you send Elvis? Uh, put him on waivers, first year of a five-year contract. 
I don't think anybody's going to claim him. Um, Tarasov's the easiest. Can we send Corpy down? And he also gets. Can we send Corpy back down? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Could we? They send Corby back down to Cleveland. Uh, you could. He'd have to clear waivers as well as a veteran player. I'm not sure that he would. I mean, it's not the end of the world, I guess, if he doesn't. But then you're locked into having to have Tarasov here uh, year round or for the rest of the season. And then it's, you know, who's getting the bulk of the starts, Tarasov or Merzlikens? And it's easy to say, well, Tarasov is the better goalie right now. It, you know, I actually think a huge huge focus the rest of the season is should be rehabilitating Elvis Merzlikens career because first year of a five-year contract you you've got to get you've got to get him up and running even if it's just to trade him I mean you you can't just give up on that right now especially when you know the talent that is inside that player you've seen it before that's got to be fixed yeah yeah I mean he just looked so beat last night Oh, yeah, all those goals. Oh, I, I, I'm with you. If, if you're doing it purely on merit, Tarasov's up here, and he and Corpusala are getting the bulk of the starts. But there's, you know, there's always a lot more that goes into it. So. And for another another question, the whole, yeah. you know, yeah. us getting Bedard or Fantilli. I mean, there is that kid in Russia. The problem is he's still signed with that big deal with the the Russian team. Yeah, he, he's an exceptional, I mean, exceptional talent. He's an, they're calling him the next Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. I now, mean, do we, do we, do we wait another couple of years? And if we just decide that we do fall to three and, you know, he is available still, do we just go and get him and we wait that couple of years? Yeah. yeah. So my sense there is I don't think he's a player you take at three. I don't think he's a player they would take at three. I think there are enough centers in this draft. I think that's a, a big enough organizational need that you're taking the center. Um, he is a winger. He's signed for a few more years in Russia. I think if you know he's a Vetchkin, yeah. Yeah, you take him. Yeah, you wait. Even if he's a, a Kaprizov, like the kid in, in Minnesota that's yeah, played. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, you wait for that. I mean, um, but my sense is that that's a player you consider at four or five if you're the Blue Jackets, uh, given your need for centermen. And, and I think as this draft, I've been told even from scouts that as this year plays out, there are other names, other centers whose games are going to elevate, perhaps into the bedard Fantilli conversation. So it's a good. I will say if you're gonna if you're gonna absolutely you know, go hit the skids. This is a good season to do it if you're looking for a center. Yeah. And I mean, we will play Buffalo on the 27th. Where is it? The 27th? Yeah. You get Buffalo again on the 27th. That should be a fun game. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, the tempers were flaring any which way, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, has the league said anything anything about Corrales sit? Has the league uh, in terms of that, a question about the, the, no, I heard, the elbowing? I haven't, heard, I haven't heard that there's any sort of follow-up from the league or anything like that. He just lost okay. his noodle. I think he'll be out there on Friday against Calgary. Okay, thank you. Yep, thanks, Don. Yep. Let's go to Mallory. Mallory F., go ahead. Hey, um, so, you know, I, there's this huge debate going on right now, but between sort of like, should we be intentionally tanking? Should we watch the Blue Jackets send their young guys down to Cleveland, up to Cleveland? Um, the thing is, and and I, you know, like obviously everyone has their opinion on the, the talent level that they could eventually get by being a worse team, but the risk that you run first off, and I, I just think this, the, the nuance is missing in this conversation. So the Blue Jackets were definitely not expected to be this bad, right? Obviously, you know, injuries, Wierenski, that's a huge missing piece. Yep. The defense is a lot worse because of that. Yep. But if if the Blue Jackets truly finish below teams like, you know, uh, Arizona or uh, or um, uh, 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 the Blackhawks, uh, something way more rotten than than we could ever, you know, sort of even dream of having would uh, would would be the case in, with this team. So, like, it, to, to me, if, if they actually finish bottom three, that's going to say way more about the talent level on this team, about the future of this team. You don't finish as a bottom three team and not have 
two or three more extraordinarily painful years ahead of you. It just like it, it would throw off the entire timeline of what, what the future of this team holds, I think. I mean, I, I get your point. And, and these things, these things never go in a straight line. Um, I mean, it, I guess we should have known that it wasn't going to be this easy, that last year wasn't punishment enough, really, for a team that kind of reboots or restarts. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, that really wasn't that painful a season. I'll say this, though. 2016-17, um, the Colorado Avalanche finished 22-56-4. That's biz- abysmal. I think that might be the worst. I think it was the worst record in the league. The next year, they went 43-30-9 and and lost in the first round. The next year, they went 38-30-14, and 14, won the first round, lost in the second. The year after that, they made it to the – that was the year with, with the uh, preliminary round. They made it to the second round, lost to the Stars. In 2021, they made it to the second round, lost to the Golden Knights. Last year, of course, they won the Stanley Cup. Um. I think Blue Jackets – so my point is I'm not saying that the Blue Jackets are on the Colorado Avalanche trajectory here. But when you get killed by injuries, which the Avalanche did in 2016-17, and they had some good pieces in their lineup, kind of a pretty good comparison to this team, actually. Some veteran players and some bright young players. Rantanen was on that team. And then you start adding the real difference makers in the draft. They get McCarr after that. I think, that, I think in that 2017 draft. It can turn around quickly, especially when you add healthy players to the the big time talent that you just added. Like if the Blue Jackets were healthy right now and playing like this, I would agree that they they are several players away. If they get healthy, you're talking about six players coming back into their lineup, and then you add a Bedard or a Fantilli or whatever. Um, I think they can be competitive quicker than you think. They should have been competitive this year. To me, the more surprising, disappointing thing, if I'm a fan, is not that they're not playing well right now with all of the injuries and all the players out of the lineup. It's that they that they were so awful the first few weeks of the season when they were mostly healthy. Before the big-time injuries set in, they were god-awful. So. And- can, can I ask you, do you do you think that that means that as players return from injuries, obviously, look, Wierenski's gone for the year. We know yeah. that. That's one player. Every team in the NHL has to deal with injuries. You know, obviously, it's not always sure. to their top defender or something like that. But certainly, it's a common theme amongst all it sports is. franchises or injuries. But as these guys come back, are we going to become more competitive? So I, I guess the, the, the reason I'm asking you this is, shouldn't that mean that when we are more competitive, that we are winning more games? I, I guess I'm I'm putting into perspective the fact that, like, the, the team shouldn't be this abysmal with the talent that's on the roster. Yeah. Well, like, so like right now, I mean, Liney's back now. Elvis is back now, but the the leading scorer from last season, Voracek is done. The big minute muncher on defense, the number one power play guy, Zach Wierenski is done for the year. Um, those are huge kicks. I, I think, you know, it, if you would have asked me who were the top four power play point men on this team, I'm not sure I could have answered you, but we found out because they all kept getting injured. Blankenberg, Wierenski, Bogfist. It's not Marcus Bjork's fault that he's running the point on the top power play unit. Yeah. But Marcus Bjork is, and I don't mean to disparage him either. He's an AHL defenseman. And, if you look around the league, the guys that play the point on power plays in the NHL are the elite of the elite. And that's where they're at. Um, yeah. Bernie might actually slot into that space. So I, I don't want to use the injuries as a crutch here because, again, they weren't good enough the first few weeks of the season. But the injuries are the reason now that there's really no way out of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's no way they can climb out of this. I don't want to give them a pass for the way that the season started. Um, but, I, you know, I'd like to see this team completely healthy at the start of next season, and I bet they play better than they did 
what's your expectation for the rest of this year? Like, what do you, as, you know, both a, a fan of the team, but also someone who knows these guys and writes about them, I mean, what is your expectation moving forward? Obviously, last night aside and, and the near future aside, yeah. um, as, well, as guys come back. and Let me just clarify, not a fan of the team, not supposed to be a fan of the team. <laughs> um, for me, it's it's getting Elvis Merzlikens back on track, um, either to keep him as your number one or to trade him. It's putting the young players in positions where you can develop them, really, really develop them, not hide them with 10 or 11 minutes of ice time, but like put them in the roles you think they can fulfill in the NHL and, and let them go. Um, and, and I think you keep a close eye on the kids and make sure that, that they're developing the right way. I think those have to be your ideals. And I think you're judging everything, including the coach. Is this team ready to play? those nights will this team still play um last night obviously was not a great indication of that um but this is the same team that just less than a week ago went to winnipeg and and made quick work of the jets who are a really good team and tough to play in that building um so they have it's not certainly last night was was the losing isn't exceptional they've done a lot of that this year but to just mail it in the the tank job that was last night, we've not seen a lot of that, um, and you can't you can't see much more of that. It's unacceptable at the NHL level. But those are the things I would be looking for the rest of the way. Got it. Thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the call, Mallory. Uh, let's go, Kyle. Kyle S. You're now a part of Front and Nationwide's live room. Thanks. And what do you got? Yeah, so I was thinking more about watching this team. One of the things that really I think has been hard to watch, and keep in mind I was not able, thank God I was not able to watch last night's game, was when you look at players like Robinson and Olivier and Branson, they can be great character guys, tough guys and everything. The puckets on their stick and they just fling it somewhere. There's yeah. not an attempt at a skill play. Yeah. And I think, you know, at a season like this, when you have players that you want to develop, as we've talked about, why not like allow those players like the Sillingers, the Johnsons? I mean, even Roslovic, who's been up and down all, I mean, all season long, not playing well, but like he tries to make skill plays out there. I think Christensen. I mean, he's been a player I've been impressed in the defensive end, who's willing to take an extra second and try to break the puck out in a more effective way. Just wondering yeah. what your take is on that kind of regarding that kind of play. Well, I I think I think those guys when you know that is. That's why they are uh, fourth line forwards and third pair defensemen. Uh, the puck is not a comfortable object upon their sticks. Uh, let's see. Jonathan R. Let's bring Jonathan R. in here. Uh, Jonathan, go ahead. Welcome. To go ahead. Welcome. How are you doing today, Porty? Good, man. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. I um, wanted to first off just say real quick that I thought that the crowd hung in there particularly last night because I was at the game and I yeah. thought to to the there was far less booing than I would have expected at a game like that and I thought people hung in there pretty well so uh, props to props to us for that <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah I'll agree with you there was there was plenty of booing but it, there have been uglier scenes for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to kind of talk about a little something different because, I mean, I'm, I know we can talk a lot about um, last sure. night and everything, but there's there's a particular guy. George. Thank you. Uh, Did I lose you, Jonathan? All right, we lost Jonathan. Let's go to some of our, our uh, chat questions. Dial back into the uh, to the program, if you would. We'll get you back on stage quickly. Um, let's do some of our questions. We got a ton of questions. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could read some of these before I before they are live. What jo Joseph M wonders: What number will Bedard wear next year? Um, that the answer to that question is whatever number he wants next year. Um, yeah, again, we're a little a ways away from that. Graham N says, is Larson toast? I can't tell if he's the issue or the scapegoat. 
Well, I think everyone's everyone's uh, open for criticism now, right? I mean, that's where uh, where this thing is. I don't think uh, he is the issue, singular. I think there's a lot of stuff going on with, I mean, in their defense, again, not to defend in any way what happened last night. You can't. That's indefensible as an NHL product. Um, but the the losing, I do think you can you can say, well, yes, if you've got thirty million dollars out of your lineup, thirty million dollars out of your lineup, it's going to be a hard go when you've got a a blue line. You've already you've already played twelve defensemen. That's two entire defensive cores. Um, you're essentially playing an AHL defense, or at least half of it. Um, that is not going to sustain winning in the National Hockey League. So. I think the injuries give Larson cover. I think they give Yarmo Kekalainen cover here. Um, yeah, I think that's just the where it's at. All right, Jonathan R is back here with us. Jonathan, I think we lost you right as you were right as things up to ask a question. Yeah, it, I couldn't unmute for some reason. Um, so I wanted to ask. And there goes Jonathan again. Wow, fantastic. Um, all right, let's go back to some, to, uh, some stack questions last night. Um, let's see. Ian M says, could you see Sillinger being sent down before the monsters compete in the playoffs? Uh, I definitely do. I think the blue jackets have to keep an eye on this though, because his, I'll have to look at this and maybe I'll have it uh, before the end of the chat here, but there is a certain number of games you play in the NHL before you have to clear waivers. Obviously, they're not going to put him on waivers to get him to the AHL. So it would have to happen before then. I do think if they if they don't do this uh, during the regular season, I think certainly the, the Blue Jackets would have an interest in having Sillinger, Chinikov, um, Johnson, and others go to the American Hockey League uh, to play in the postseason. When they have to get him there to do that remains to be seen. Um, let's see. Alex L. says, I haven't. Heard any talks about Patty or Corpio fulfilling their Finnish military requirement? No word on that. Um, Corpy got a pass, if you remember, uh, because of his injury. Still has to do it, so I think he's looking looking at doing it this summer. Uh, what was the record for the fastest six goals in a game? You mentioned on ninety-seven point one that JD and Yarmo were meeting this. I am, um, yeah, no, nothing yet uh, out of what was was talked about or. Herman this morning. Uh, the six goals in a period is a record for the Blue Jackets. So uh, that is that it, the most they've allowed in a first period, most they've allowed in any period. Um, so, yeah. I hope that answers your question. And that was also um, I think that matched the record for most goals allowed at Nationwide. They gave up 10 on the road in San, San Jose one night. Um, Anyways, uh, let's see. Could you please give your honest take on what seems to be wrong with Jack Rosovic and Cole Sillinger? Um, yeah, this, I mean, this is, this has been discussed. I don't think it will surprise anybody. Rosovic is just wildly inconsistent and does not seem to play consistently with great hockey sense. I think that is, I think that's a fair way to say it. Sillinger to me looks slower this year than he did last year. Um, I'm not sure if he didn't train hard enough or well enough, or if his skating work was was um, had a negative effect. But he does not appear to be the same fast, quick, competitive player. Um, so let's see. Let's go back to the to the queue. We're going to try Jonathan R. Jonathan, get right to your question if you would, just so we don't lose. You. Yeah. So quick question about Patrick Line. Yep. Um, Dan, can you, can you hear me still? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. It's, it's just telling me that my mic's off, so it's weird. Um, so with Patrick Laine, I know he scored four in, in three games back, so it's kind of hard to harp on him too much, but my goodness, like, why is it that after years of watching him, he never skates with speed? Like we only, we've seen it a few times and when he does it, he can absolutely be dominant, but most of the time we just watch him glide. And then when he stick handles, he just is stripped of the puck. I mean, constantly. 
he generally is only scoring goals when everybody else does all the work to set up and he just uses his shot to score. And every time he stick handles, it's a turnover. But like, so what, I mean, to me, that it's just really frustrating to see a guy you're paying 9.25 million to be a turnover machine out there. And it never seems to get talked about amid the other woes from this team. So what yeah. are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, I think it was talked, I think it was talked about extensively. Um, his first year that he was here after right, he traded early in the season, he was not a good player that year. He's the first to admit it. His game was a mess. I think he took significant strides last year. I still think he's a player that turns the puck over a lot because he tries to create a lot individually. He's also a gigantic human being. And so it, it, it can be harder for those guys to shield the puck than it is for a smaller guy who's more compact and lower to the ice. He's big, he's and, big and open when he skates. Um, there are times where he would be best served to pull up and wait for help, and, and he doesn't do that. He tries to take on the world. Uh, every once in a while it works, and it looks incredible. Um, he is a very unique player. I'll give you that. And... He's the kind of guy that um, he kind of reminds me in, in baseball of a guy that strikes out a lot, but hits a ton of home runs. And those guys used to have a place in the game. They were always kind of a difficult fit in the lineup. Um, where do you put them? Um, I think he's had some moments. There are few people who can score some of the goals that he does score, but there is a yin and a yang to that. There's no question. Um, and if you're a coach, you know, the, I guess my bigger issue is if he, he hasn't stayed healthy enough to really score an obscene amount of goals. You're willing to put up with that kind of stuff when the goal scoring is obscene. And it's been it's been pretty good since the start of last season, but not obscene. And he's got to get that element back to his game. I think this, again, is where a Bedard helps and where a more sturdy defensive club helps. Um, there's just not a ton going on here. The power play is still worst in the league. Uh, it's been better. Sure. Whatever. It's been better. It's still the worst power play in the league and it's not going to get better without Lorensky back there. Um, but yeah, he's a flawed player, but his, uh, he also has some characteristics that, that make him potentially really, really special. Um, so Jonathan, thanks for the, Thanks for the call. Thanks for sticking with it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Let's go to Kyle Z. Uh, we engaged, I believe, Kyle Z. Let's see if he sounds any different as a as this man who's spoken for now. Kyle Z, go ahead. Hello, Kyle Z. Kyle Z. All right, let's get back to the questions. If Kyle pops back in, we'll we'll go there. Um, let's see. Why is there seemingly never any accountability in the front office or coaching staff? Uh, it's one thing to lose, but another to be routinely embarrassed. So, Phil, I, I'm guessing you want somebody fired. Um, that just doesn't happen very often. I mean, it happens probably more often in the NHL than it does in other leagues. I, I think everything's being considered at this point. Um, but uh, I think there's accountability there in terms of you know, who's uh, certainly John Davidson has control over Yarmo Kekalainen. And Kekalainen's got control over Larson. This is, they all work together. Um, this is only Larson mid midway through his, his second year as the head coach. So Yarmo's coming up on his 10th anniversary in February. So like, the question on that end would be if John Davidson still believes in the direction of this club. I don't think he can put too much on last night, but I also think he should be very careful about ignoring something like that because that was ugly. Stephen L. says, where does the goaltender situation go from here? Is it safe to say Elvis and Corpy are not number ones in this league? Uh, right now, they're not. Uh, they're not playing. Uh, honestly, I mean, Elvis isn't playing like a number two right now. Um, I think Corpus Allo's looked pretty good at times since his hip surgery. Obviously, last night was a disaster. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, they're not good enough. Hasn't been good enough. No question about that. Um, 
Juliet says, I was happy with the time change to 1 p.m. from New Year's Eve because I'd, I'd watch the Buckeye. I'd rather watch the Buckeyes than two bottom drilling teams play hockey that evening. So I'm guessing there are quite a few people that would agree with that. Uh, Jacob P says, how much longer can Brad Larson hang on to his job? I'm not calling for him to be fired, and he seems like a good guy, but this is getting ugly. So I think the question here is, um, again, with the young players in this organization, are they progressing? Are they learning? Are they developing? If it's going the other way, then something's got to change. Um, yeah. I, do they plan on trying to interview? Do plan? I think this might mean do you plan? Uh, yes, Henry. Uh, calls into both Yarmo and JD. Uh, again, they're they're chatting today. I've not heard back from either one of them. Um, let's see. Can Warinsky Bean Voracek be put on LTIR so the sellers don't count toward the cap? Use this. Well, use the cap to acquire a player of picks. Um, Yes, the I would say picks. I don't think Donald F. I don't think they're in the market right now to um, when they are uh, this far out of it to be adding players this year. Uh, Mallory, Alex, and others are complaining about an echo. Sorry about the echo. Um, Sean, mute yourself when you aren't talking. Sean, please, please mute your mic. That was brutal audio. Okay. Um, let's see. At what point does the organization decide that Johnson needs to play regular center minutes and move Ross Levick to the wing since he's just not cutting it at sea? This is from Christopher J. I get wanting to shelter Johnson, but something has to give, right? Um, yeah. So at what point does the team decide to just stick with lines and let chemistry develop? It can't be worse than last night. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all fair. Um, Johnson actually took a face off a couple games ago. He hasn't taken, any of those speak of this season. I want to see the kid play center. The season is over. Season is lost. Let's see what he looks like at center. He may not be a center. He may be a center. I don't know. Nobody knows. Who can say? He's played center before. He hasn't played in quite a while. But And he did take a couple of twirls late against Pittsburgh in the middle. Um, let's give that a regular look. Like, why not? Uh, especially in, in a game like like last night. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see. That's it. We've got a Kyle Z and, uh, let's go back to Kyle Z. Try it again. Kyle, you there? Yes. Can you hear me now? Gotcha. I gotcha. Awesome. You get engaged and you don't even know how to work technology anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Old married man. I know. Rough times. So, uh, question culturally here. Um, so, when it was kind of announced that this was going to be a restart or whatever you want to call it, and the reason Yarmo talked about not tearing the whole thing down to the studs was because he didn't want losing to Eakin. He still wanted veteran presence to rid themselves of that sort of stuff. At what point, and I'm not suggesting that they do tear it down to the studs, but at what point is that kind of, does that losing start to creep in, even with some of those veterans in the room? Yeah, it's a good question, and that's what you worry about if you watch last night's game. Again, I, I do think, I don't think it's it's being overly protective of them, or I don't think it, it's it's being a homer to, to say that last night as was an aberration. Like there haven't been, thank God, many of those this year. Uh, there hasn't been any of those this year to that extent. The game in New Jersey, seven to one loss was ugly, plenty ugly. Um, and they had some losses. The Arizona game, oh God, uh, earlier this season at home was was an abomination. But it wasn't, it wasn't just a complete collapse of, of, general accepted the hockey playing um, rules and regulations and, and style. Uh, it wasn't a complete collapse. Um, that's what made last night so appalling. I think you got to be careful. I think if you see that creeping into the room, 
then you got to root it out. And I don't, I don't even know what that means or what it looks like. Here's the thing with tanking that I think is often misread is that is a management level decision. That is not a coaches and players decision that never makes it to the room. Like I've, I've never known a, a NHL player willingly accept uh, that his job is to play losing hockey at the team. They, they just, if anything, they, if they catch any whiff of that for management, they want to ruin it. Um, they want to, to, to play in a way where it doesn't happen. So I, that's a management level quit thing, but to get just housed last night, six to nothing, that just, that sends off alarm bells all over the place. I, again, it's an aberration. Um, it, it hasn't happened much, if at all, this year, but it can't. It can't become, you know, acceptable to to be that ill prepared uh, for a game because that's really what what last night was. Great, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Let's go. Uh, let me. People can hear me. I'm not sure. I did not tap mute. Um. So. Let's see if we have any other questions here. Do you think Roslovic's bad play is because of lack of hockey sense or just lack of effort? I mean, I think it's hockey sense. I think he wants to be better, but it's not uh, its not a bridge that he has crossed and stayed on the other side of, unfortunately. Uh, Lincoln F. says, is Voronkov expected to be in North America next season? He is. Um, there's not any indication that anything has changed. So that that is still the um, the plan. Um, Jacob R says, is Mike Priest on the hot seat yet? <laughs> Mike Priest is not on the hot seat. Mike Priest is the bean counter. He is the business side president. Um, them losing does not affect him. I wouldn't think uh, he is extremely tight with the McConnell family. So, and it's not on ice performance that Mike Priest is responsible for. No question. So, all right, folks, it's, uh, we went almost an hour here. I really appreciate you weighing in. Um, thanks so much for the questions. Thanks so much for the comments. Um, hope you feel a little bit better. Hope talking it out worked a little bit. Um, we'll get together again next week. Maybe we'll have happier things to talk about then. Uh, Until then, thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you soon on Front and Nationwide's live room. Take care. Have good weeks.